Morning Connect, so glad you're able to join us again this morning. Um, you may have noticed the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer and uh, people are now outside more, which is great. I love seeing people out walking, um, out riding bikes, people running. And uh, talking of running, I wanted to just show you something here this morning. So uh, I thought I'd bring this medal with me. This medal is the uh, One America 500 Festival Mini Marathon. This is a marathon, half marathon medal. And uh, I got a great deal of, on this on eBay, got it for a great price, so uh, pretty happy with that. But uh, no, I'm kidding. This is actually my medal. I know, some of you are like, seriously? It's a participation medal. This wasn't given to the guy who crossed the line first. This was given to the people who actually did cross the line at the end. And I was one of those people on May the 4th, 2013, so just a little over seven years ago, I ran a half marathon in Indianapolis. And it was hard work. Okay, I'll be honest, I'm not a runner by nature. I don't really enjoy some of you guys who go out running every day. You're like, I just love it. Don't you love it when you're just out there running? No, no, I don't. I don't love it. It's hard work. And, and when I trained for this marathon, uh, I remember uh, running the 13 miles. And I remember crossing the finish line and realizing that that was half a marathon. Like if I ever wanted to run a full marathon, at that point I would have to turn around and run all the way back. And I was like, there's no way. I, everything in me has just crossed the finish line. A friend of mine said it would be great to run it together. So me and my buddy Chris, we ran this marathon together. And he said one of the cool things is you actually get to run around uh, the Speedway, the track where they run the Indianapolis 500 race. I was like, man, that sounds super cool. So we started downtown and we ran to the track and we ran out onto the track and we ran around the track, and it's long. And after about 30 seconds of being excited that you're in the middle of this speedway, you're just running around a track. So uh, I've got to be honest, uh, not the uh, keenest of runners, but pretty proud of this achievement, half marathon. So uh, got the medal, got the sticker, put it on the back of my car. But uh, we want to talk here for the next few weeks. We're actually starting a brand new series about one of the most famous runners there ever was. You see, this guy, you can read about him in the Bible, and he's very famous, not for running a half marathon, not for running a full marathon. No, this guy, he's famous because he ran away from God. He ran as far as he could. God said, I want you to go here. He ran as far as he could in the opposite direction. Some of you may have heard of him, this man. His name is Jonah. And Jonah's legacy, Jonah is known for being the guy that, that ran from God. So for the next four weeks, we're going to look at the life of Jonah because you can read about Jonah in the Old Testament of the Bible. Uh, and in the book that uh, bears his name, there are four chapters. So each week, for the next four weeks, we're going to look at one chapter of Jonah. So if you like, you could go ahead and read the story uh, this week so you can kind of get an idea of what we'll be speaking about over the next four weeks. And this morning, we're going to look at that first chapter in Jonah. Many of you may have heard of Jonah as the guy who ran from God. Maybe you're more familiar with Jonah as the story of the, uh, the man who got eaten by a whale. But what we're going to discover in this series is that Jonah had a roller coaster of a ride. His life involved rebellion, repentance, running, and rescue. And we're going to discover that the story of Jonah is one about God's love and human prejudice. And how they meet in the tension in the life of Jonah. So buckle your seatbelts as we start today with Jonah chapter 1. 
So to set up what I want to talk about this morning in Jonah chapter 1, um, have you ever, um, maybe you've had something that's had some really kind of strange instructions, or you've seen a picture online of something that, that came with rather unusual instructions. Uh, here are some I came across this week. This is a, uh, looks like a sweater that someone bought, and uh, they've taken a picture here and posted it. Uh, on the label of this sweater, it says, do not wash, do not bleach, do not dry, do not iron, do not dry clean. So basically, this person has bought a sweater that can be worn once, maybe twice, and then needs to be thrown away because you cannot do anything to clean this sweater. Uh, how about these instructions? I thought this was rather funny. Someone decided to treat themselves to a Bluetooth suction cup shower speaker. If you look at the bottom half of that picture, you can see that right there on the outside of the box, it says this is a uh, great for use in the shower, bath, swimming pool, and boat. This person had to be so excited about this new suction cup shower speaker they purchased until they opened it and read the instructions on the inside, which said when it comes to water and moisture, do not use this product near water. For example, near a bathtub, a wash bowl, a kitchen sink, a laundry tub, in a wet basement, or near a swimming pool and the like. So basically, everywhere that you might decide to use a Bluetooth suction cup shower speaker. Strange instructions. And then, finally, I came across this one. Uh, imagine if these were the instructions that you were to follow when given a prescription medicine. Every night before food, once daily, to be taken four times a day, three times a day, every three times daily, take one, take two, take three, one, or two. And I really hope that these uh, tablets aren't designed to keep this person alive because those are some pretty weird instructions to follow. You know, I wish I could say that when it comes to uh, the instructions and the teachings of Jesus, that sometimes when I struggle to follow them, it's because I don't understand them. The reason it's, it's hard sometimes to, to follow the teachings, to follow the instructions of Jesus, they're just so confusing. A, but really, they're not, are they? They're nothing like the instructions that we just saw on some of those products. I mean, think about it. For example, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, Jesus, that's going to be hard because I'm not really sure what you mean. You know, what exactly are you saying? What, you know, I, those are tricky. No, love your neighbor as yourself. So, so if like me, you struggle sometimes with that, maybe struggling with, with, with showing love to your neighbor, Maybe it's not because you're having a hard time following the instructions. Maybe it's because you're just having a hard time loving your neighbor. Maybe you're having a hard time liking your neighbor. Have you ever thought about that before? I'd love to blame it on, on not understanding really what God meant. But the truth is that sometimes the problem doesn't lay with God or his instructions. The problem lays right here with me. If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that he teaches and what the Bible as a whole teaches that you are fully supportive of. And as a follower of Jesus, you're saying, I've committed my life to following this. But do you ever find yourself in life, faced with a real life situation, deep down in your heart, you know how you should respond according to what the Bible teaches, but everything in you just wants to run away. Everything in you wants to just say, I, I'm having a hard time with those instructions. Well, that's what we find with our friend Jonah here this morning. 
You see, we're going to jump to Jonah 1, and we're going to find out that um, for him, the instructions were pretty clear. It's not that he couldn't understand. It's just that when faced with the instructions, he made the decision to run away. Now, right before we jump into Jonah chapter 1, in fact, right before we jump into the series, I want to just say something up front here because I know that during this season of uh, doing church online only, it means that we have a lot of new people who are joining us here at Connect. We have many who come every week online and you used to sit here in the auditorium and now you're sitting watching from your couch at home. Um, But because of the wonder of uh, the internet, now we've got folks who are visiting us here at Connect. Uh, You may never have gone to church before. This may be brand new for you, maybe because of what we're going through right now as a, as a country, as a community, as a, as a world with this virus. It's caused you to, to have some questions about God and to, to tune in. And, and especially you here this morning, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and you're thinking, oh, I've heard of that story of Jonah. He's going to get to the point in a minute, and he's going to talk about the fact that this guy was swallowed by a whale. And I have a little bit of a hard time following that. In fact, for some of you, it's, it's become almost an obstacle to following Jesus. Things like this. You're like, I, I love what I hear about Jesus, and I love what he teaches, and, and I'd even be interested in following him and, and giving my life to follow Jesus, but I have a hard time because if I do that, do I also have to believe that a guy was eaten by a whale? I just I struggle with the idea of that. I get that. It is a crazy story. And here's the thing. There are some scholars, some biblical scholars, who actually believe that that's all it is. It's just a story. A story that was told from generation to generation, almost like a tall tale that Jews Jews would tell to illustrate a truth that they believed that um, the people of God needed to understand. But you know what? There are also scholars who believe that it it happened exactly the way the Bible lays it out. So there are people on, on either side. Here's, here's what I know this morning. Whether it's a historical fact this actually happened, whether it's a, a, a story with a, a message buried into it, kind of a boy who cried wolf kind of thing, um, this is in the Bible. There is a reason God wanted the story of Jonah to be in the Bible. He wants us to learn from the life of Jonah. In the New Testament, Jesus talked about Jonah. Jesus knew that there was things that we today, people in the New Testament, could learn about the life of Jonah. So as we journey on in this series together, we're going to learn together about Jonah. So stick with me. I think you're going to be really challenged as we look here at the life of Jonah. So we'll start out this morning in Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard, and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So these are just three very short verses at the beginning of Jonah chapter 1, but we learn such a lot here about Jonah, don't we? We learn first he's been given a mission by God, hasn't he? A task that God wants him to undertake. 
He's a prophet, and God wants him to go to a place called Nineveh, which is the capital of a city in Assyria, and is actually Israel's enemy. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the, the Upside Down series. So God is talking to, to Jonah and saying, hey, even though these people are the enemy of Israel, I want them to hear of my love for them. And Jonah, I want you to take the message to them. The second thing we learn in these, these few short verses is that Jonah ran away. He didn't misunderstand. It's not that he didn't hear God's voice clearly and simply made a mistake. What was that you said, God? I think, I think I heard Tarshish. I'll head that way. No, Jonah knew exactly what he was doing because in verse 3, it says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord. Jonah ran away. And as you can see, by this, this picture we're going to put up right now, this map, you can see that he didn't just go slightly in a different direction. He went to a city that is believed to be in, in what today is modern-day Spain. It's about five times the distance of a journey that it would have been to have traveled to Nineveh. And it's in the complete opposite direction. So Jonah jumps aboard this boat and uh, sets sail for Tarshish with these sailors who are heading across the Mediterranean Sea there. And we learn that this, this huge storm comes up, that the sailors are terrified. They, they start throwing the gear overboard, crying out to their own gods who they believe in. This is a major storm. They, they can see the ends. They, these are uh, hardened sailors who don't scare easily, but the storm must have been so bad that they were just throwing everything away. They were praying to their gods. And it turns out Jonah was below deck just, just praying, just sleeping, sorry. He wasn't praying. So they, they get wind of this and they go down and they're, they're terrified. They wake him up and they bring him up and they say, listen, you need to start praying to whoever your God is. It's this terrifying moment where, where they think they're about to die. And what happens next gives us an insight not only into who Jonah is as a person and where his heart is in this but what God's plan is in the life of Jonah. We're going to look at that here in just a second. But before we do, I want to just pause for a second here. And we, we really do miss seeing all of you at Connect. I'm sure you miss seeing one another. So we want us to do something a little bit different this week. We want to just um, visit with a family from Connect. So this week, I've asked a family if they would just uh, jump on the video and send us a little clip of what life's like in their house right now. So this is one of our great families at Connect, and they're going to catch us up a little bit on what's going on in their world. Hello, my name is Ryan, and I am part of the coffee bar team. Um, kind of a jack of all trades. I do just about everything back there, it seems like. And I try to help out anywhere else I can. Hi, I'm Tracy, and I also help out at the coffee bar. You'll usually see me at the register or being chatty as I'm handing you your coffee drink. Hi, I'm Campbell. I'm a children's leader in the Connect Kids, and I usually do second and third grade. Hi, my name is Palmer, and I'm also back with the Connect Kids. I basically do what Whitney needs me to do, and I just can be everywhere, but mostly I do tech. And we're the Snells. What's really changed during this whole quarantine is I've been able to go outside by myself and just relax and explore, which I had not been able to do that before because of my busy schedule, and it's really been nice just to enjoy outside. But what really stinks is I've been able to see everybody at church, talk with the kids, see my friends, or even see part of my family. 
Like Palmer, I like to go ride my bike now uh, a lot more than I did last year. And also, since I'm um, in dance, I can't go to dance, obviously. And I've been motivated to do um, as much dance as I can during this time. And I, I'm really glad that I can still spend time with my friends, but I'm really sad that I can't go to church and give hugs. And there goes the dog. Darn, <laughs> dog! Um, what's really changed for me is that um, I haven't been able to see my students, uh, be one-on-one -on -one with them, see my coworkers, uh, my work family, and tease them and them teasing me as well. Um, it's changed me and I, I really love being with my family. Uh, we're still talking to each other for the most part, um, but I've really enjoyed that time at home with them, being able to get to know them again. With me being gone so much, it's uh, kind of hard to see what's going on with them. And I'm really looking forward to coming back to church, talking to people, being able to hug somebody or give them a knuckles or high five or whatever. Uh, it's just that that's been a very hard part for me. So as much as I've enjoyed my really short commute from my bedroom to my office, um, I really miss the fact that I don't get to see my work family. I don't get to see my church family. I don't even get to see my extended family. So I'm an extroverted person, so a lot of this virtual social has been really hard for me because I'm a very in-person, in-the-moment kind of person. What it has taught me, though, is that our, and a friend of mine reminded me of this, our current situation is not our future situation. So we can make the most of what we have today, what we're doing today, but know that it's not forever and know that there is a future where um, just like how God has led people in the Bible from a bad situation to a good situation, we have a bright future ahead of us and we will all be together soon. We, we miss you, Connect! connect. All right. Thanks for that. Great to hear from you guys. And uh, it is really good to hear from all of you how you're doing. And hopefully in the weeks to come, we'll get to hear from some more Connect families and what's going on in their lives. But right before that break, we, we learned that the, the ship was going down. The sailors are terrified. They're throwing everything overboard. They're praying to their gods. And Jonah uh, is asleep downstairs. So they've called him up to pray to his gods. And nothing happens. The storm keeps going. So now the sailors do something that was kind of typical back in that, those days because they all believed in different gods, kind of superstitions. They decide, okay, the gods must be angry at us, so we're going to cast lots here, and the lots will show us who's to blame. And we read in Jonah chapter 1 that they cast lots, and it was revealed to them that Jonah was the reason for the storm. They confront Jonah. They're like, hey, what's going on? And here's how Jonah responds in verses 9 and 10. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? Because they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So again, just in case there's any doubt here, well, maybe Jonah just misunderstood the instructions. Maybe they just weren't very clear. No, Jonah knew exactly what he should be doing and he chose to run away from God. Now this verse fascinates me right here in, in verse 9 because Jonah says, I, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. He says, the maker of the sea and the lands. I, I, I worship him. But I'm still running away from him. 
So it's not like Jonah has turned his back on God. He still says, no, I know who God is and I, and I worship God. I just don't want to do what he wants me to do. That alone should challenge us as followers of Jesus today. Have you ever found yourself in a place where, where you could say, I believe in God. I, I believe he's done what the Bible claims he did. I worship him, but I just really don't want to obey him right now. In this one area of my life, in this one, yeah, I just don't want to follow his teachings in that area. Verse 11, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? And Jonah's idea... Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Now, maybe you're familiar with the story of Jonah. Maybe you've heard it before. Uh, it could be that if you grew up going to church, maybe it's been years since you were at church, but even when you were a kid, you remember hearing the story of Jonah and the whale, and um, you just always assumed, you know, that these nasty sailors, they, they grabbed Jonah and they threw him overboard and the, the whale came and swallowed him up. But this was Jonah's idea. Jonah knew he'd done wrong. He knew the only way to make it right was to, to throw himself upon the mercy of God. It even appears that there's this compassionate part to Jonah here as he says to the sailors, you don't deserve this. You've done nothing wrong. Throw me overboard and everything will be fine. Now, if I'm a sailor and I'm looking at the wind and the waves and I'm realizing that the end is near, and this guy is taking the blame. I'm throwing Jonah overboard before he's even finished his sentence. I'm like, dude, you are out of here. But these sailors were good people. Even when Jonah told them the answer was to, to throw him overboard, listen to what the sailors said in Jonah chapter 1, verse 13, 14. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. So this isn't something they wanted to do. But knowing they had no choice, in verse 15, they took Jonah and they threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Isn't that amazing? Think about that for a second. Even in Jonah's disobedience, even when Jonah turned, decided to run away from God, God was able to use this situation to reach these sailors who just moments before had been crying out to their gods when they saw the power of God at work and the waters calm, when Jonah went overboard, they realized he is God. It says they offered a sacrifice to him, made vows to him. So what can we learn from this today? As we look at the life of Jonah over the next four weeks, we're going to learn a fascinating story of God at work in the life of Jonah and the people around him. But every single week, we're going to say, but how does that affect us? What can we learn from Jonah? And I think Jonah chapter one, this first chapter as he ran from God, there's a lot that we ourselves can learn. 
I think the simplest answer this morning, the simplest thing we can learn from looking at the life of Jonah here is follow God. Stop running. It's time to head in the direction God wants you to go in. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, maybe there's an area of your life that you know you're kind of resisting God in. You know that he's kind of leading you in one direction and you're just wanting to run in the other direction. It's time to follow God. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe this is all new to you, but there's something that's been tugging at your heart in the last few weeks and months. You could have just joined us online. This is your first experience of being a part of a church and there's something that's kind of tugging at your heart but you want to just run. You, you, you're not sure. And I will just say this morning, follow God. Don't run from him. Run towards him this morning. Run towards God. But for those of you this morning who are followers of Jesus, those of you who this morning who are in a position where uh, you're saying, well, I want to follow God. I want to follow teachers. I want to go in the direction that he would have me go. And, and maybe there are some situations in your life now where there are some decisions that have to be made and, and you're worried. You look at the story of Jonah and you think, well, what if I get on the wrong boat? What if I make the wrong decision and I head to Tarshish instead of Nineveh? There's a great verse in Isaiah 30 verse 21 talks about the idea of listening to the voice of God. It says this in verse 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, my kids are a little bit older now. They're 19, 17, and 12. When they were younger, we would go out for walks together as a family and maybe go off into the woods with the boys and they would love to run and play and climb trees and explore and when we went on those walks, you know, this is, these are two little boys. I mean, they're running everywhere. And they're not stopping every couple of steps and coming back and saying, Dad, should we go this way? Dad, should we go this way? Dad, should we go this way now? No. If you've got little kids, they don't do that. They just, they just run because they know that if they happen to go the wrong way, you'll be like, hey, guys, we're not going that way today. We're, we're going to go this way because they trust you. You're their parent. You love them. You're going to guide them if they go the wrong way. That verse said, whether you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice like your heavenly father from behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. As followers of Jesus, if we'll trust God, if we do happen to go the wrong way, we'll hear a voice. But otherwise, we just trust. And we put one foot in front of the other and we follow him in the direction that we trust we should be going. And you might say, well, Dave, that's, that's great to hear. That's comforting to hear. But how do I hear that voice? How am I going to hear God speak to me if I do happen to go the wrong way? I don't want to follow in the footsteps of Jonah. I don't want to find myself going this way by accident. How do I hear that voice? Well, I think there are some very simple ways that you can hear the voice of God. The first and probably the best way is through the Bible, through Scripture through just reading, systematically reading, taking time each day to read the Bible, read portions of the Bible. There are reading plans you can do, but, but the more you read it, the more you get to understand who God is and what his teachings are. So there'll be times where you'll feel drawn to go in one direction. You'll think, well, that goes against what the scripture teaches. And it'll be obvious that this is the voice of God telling you to stay in this direction. Sometimes scripture's not enough. Sometimes it could be a sermon. Sometimes it could be a message like this. 
I wonder if you've ever been in one of those situations where you've been here at Connect on a Sunday morning or watching a message online and, and as you're listening to whoever it is speaking, you're like, man, it's like they're talking right to me. It's like everything they're saying this morning is, is exactly to me. Sometimes God, that voice of God speaking and guiding and directing to us, it can come through a message on a Sunday morning. It can come through the counsel of a friend. Having wise, godly friends in your life to bounce ideas off, hey, I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do. What do you think? They can bring some objective decisions into your life. And finally, sometimes it's, it's just God showing up in our conscience, his Holy Spirit alive in us, just guiding us and prompting us and, and speaking to us. And I have to believe that when Jonah stepped onto that boat, he could just hear that voice in his head saying, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. I, I think he probably had to silence that voice because he knew he was going against the plan of God. He was deliberately running away from God. And as we learned from Jonah this morning, there's even a danger at times that we can silence that voice by saying, well, I'm still going to church. I'm still reading my Bible. I'm still praying. I can actually still see God doing good things around me. We learned today, didn't we, that Jonah, in the midst of his disobedience, acknowledged that he was a Hebrew, that he worshipped God. We saw that in the midst of Jonah's disobedience, sailors came to discover God in the middle of a storm. So God can still work in us and through us, and we can still be going against the direction he wants us to go in. Wouldn't you like the storm to die down? Because this storm that Jonah found himself in, I think that's what happens. When we, when we start to go against the direction that God would have us go in, whether it's following his teachings or the direction we should be going in his life, it's like a storm, isn't it? It's like a storm inside of you sometimes because you're wrestling knowing that you're going against what you know you should do. That storm can sometimes show up as guilt, sleepless nights, secrecy, any number of things because deep down you know you are running from what is the best God has for your life. Maybe you're running from God right now. It's time to stop. It's time to turn around. It's time to find your way back to God. So thanks so much for being with us here this morning. I hope that as we continue to look at the life of Jonah, that famous runner, that you'll learn that um, God had a plan for his life and that God has a plan for our lives. And we can choose to follow it or we can choose to go against it. But he loves us and it's a great plan. So if you're relating to Jonah this morning, if you find yourself running in any situation of your life, my prayer is that you'll, you'll turn back to God, stop running, and go in the direction he wants you to go. Let's pray together. Father, thanks so much for um, the way in which you can speak to us through the Bible, through Scripture, but especially through the lives of others, Lord, that we can read the accounts of people like Jonah, Lord, and, and in and of itself is an incredible story of you at work in his life and in the lives of the people of Nineveh and the lives of the sailors. And, and yet still there are lessons we can learn from him that we can apply in our lives. So help us today. If in any area of your life 
of our lives. We've, we've, we've turned, we've, we've run from where we should be. Help us, Lord, to find our way back to you. Help us, Lord, to find our way back to the right path. Help us, Lord, to, to continue to follow you in every area of our lives. Lord, some of us can't do this without your help. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.